Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I'm Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios, and joining me from his holiday desert quarantine after finishing a peppermint martini and singing Dean Martin's Christmas, it is <laughs> Safari Mike. Mike, how are you? Jumbo, Dave, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, very accurately described Christmas here in Las Vegas. I, 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 so the way I vision it all the time, you know, tuxedos, all that kind of stuff. Um, listen, everybody out there, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. I uh, hope you had a healthy, safe, and happy one. Uh, Mike and I are on here quick just to talk about one very important piece of news that took place uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But before we do that, Mike... Uh, I have spent many a time, many a podcast, and so have you. You're guilty of this as well. And a lot of people say that I, all I do is complain about Disney. And one of the things that we've both complained about quite a bit is their stewardship of the Star Wars franchise. And uh, we're both Star Wars fans. And we spent a lot of time talking about each of the Star Wars films that came out since Disney has owned them. And the reviews have been mixed from both of us, to say the least. Um, and I'm here today because I would feel terrible if I didn't do this on a podcast to say that this month I watched the single greatest piece of Star Wars media, Disney or not, to be released since 1983 in this season of The Mandalorian, specifically the last four episodes, which should get you just about feature movie length there, if you just watch mm -hmm. those four, were remarkable. And um, I just felt like I needed to mention that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just thought they were so beautifully done, and uh, it looks like they're they're finally, you know, going down the road we want them to go on, you know, and, and, and getting where we need the Star Wars franchise to be which is this kind of storytelling. Yeah, I mean, um, they put in charge, well, John Favreau, um, of course, is running the Mandalorian, and he was basically the catalyst for Marvel's cinematic universe by, you know, putting together and giving us Iron Man 1 and 2, um, which, you know, I, I just get the sense that John Favreau is kind of tuned into what, you know, us uh, Star Wars and comic book nerds like. And, um, you know, he does a real good job of it. And he's, you know, d d just enough of, uh, you know, you know, Easter eggs for, you know, the you know, oh, deep yeah. dive fans. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> but also he puts together a good story. Him and Dave Filoni, who I guess was uh, dealt with a lot of the cartoon stuff like the yes. Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff, uh, which are 
fairly well received by Star Wars fans as opposed to maybe some of the other movies. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think I put this on Twitter and I, I think they should just put those two guys in charge of the uh, Star Wars mobile. Just like Kevin Feige is in charge of Marvel. He's the, you know, kind of the mastermind or the puppet master of all of it. They should put these two guys and, you know, anything has to go through them. And I think Star Wars would be fine. You know, Mike, a lot of people, especially big Star Wars fans that are younger than us, right? You and I are old mm -hmm. enough to remember going to the theaters and seeing these movies. But for those people who, especially those people who came to age during the prequel era, right. um, many of them believe that Filoni's work in the animated world following the prequel era actually served to help make the prequels better mm -hmm. by the expanding of the storytelling that, you know, for the whole big picture. And I'm starting to feel like maybe Favreau can do that for the sequels here. That this kind of extra stuff leading up to the stories around it are almost going to make those films... A little better for Star Wars fans. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just seems that way. Anyway, the one thing I worry about is um, we had a Disney. In, what's it called? An investors call. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly what it was. Now, obviously, this is to make um, investors invest. <laughs> That's the whole point of this. So they announce a lot of things. Doesn't always mean those things are going to happen. Uh, they haven't been able to announce a lot of um, theme park things. Mike, in the past, have they done theme park things on this stuff? No, not really. Not, I mean, yeah, they, right now there's nothing going on with theme parks. But in the past, they've saved that for the D23s and the stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, they Correct. announced a ton of television shows uh, for the Disney+, Plus, including 10 Star Wars shows. Uh, and that kind of worries me a little bit that we might get some overkill and then you're swing to you know hits to miss ratio your batting average gets a little lower and people get a little more annoyed and yada 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 um mm -hmm. anyway and and you told me that there's a bunch of marvel stuff coming out too right yeah so most of the stuff we already knew um you know we knew she hulk was coming it's all disney plus stuff uh we knew she hulk was coming we knew um Moon Knight, we knew uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel was coming. Uh, we got a few new things, like they're doing a secret invasion show with cool. uh, Nick Fury and, the, and um, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who was uh, a Skrull in Captain Marvel. They're doing a uh, Armor Wars show with uh, Don Cheadle as War Machine. And uh, they announced a few movies. The most interesting probably is the fact that they have confirmed that Fantastic Four will be a movie. And it's going to be directed by the guy who's been doing the you know, most recent Spider-Man ones. So. Take another swing at Fantastic Four, huh? Well, it's, so far they're down 0-2, so we'll give it another <laughs> whirl. <laughs> I have a little bit more confidence now that it's actually a Marvel product as opposed to a uh, 20th Century Fox. Mike, are they recasting Nick Fury? Nope. Samuel L. Jackson will be back as wow. Nick Fury. That's awesome. Him and Ben Mendelsohn will be the basically the stars of Secret Invasion. Are they? What are they doing moving forward for, like Iron Man, and the the Avengers people? Are they being recast or just not part of these? Just not part of them right now. I mean, Thor. Okay. Uh, what's his face is staying on as Thor. That's, um, you know, they announced that uh, uh, Christian Bale is going to be the uh, the bad guy in Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, he's going to be playing Gore the God Butcher. And that's a so, that's a a film. That's a film. 
Correct. Okay. So Thor is still around. The Hulk, you know, Mark Ruffalo is still kicking around as the Hulk, and he's right. going to be appear in the She-Hulk show, and you know that kind of thing. So. Really, it's just Captain America, and it's just really uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris right. Evans have right. uh, have decided to move on. We'll see how long that lasts. I suspect that uh, you know Robert Downey Jr. probably won't come back to Iron Man. You know, he's kind of a little bit older. You know, he wants to do his own thing. He certainly doesn't need the money. Right. You know, but maybe Chris Evans, after about five years of you know not being a, a Captain America, might say to himself, "That eh, was really good." I made a lot of money doing that. Made a lot of money doing that. You know, doing you know romantic comedies is that's not the same. So, <laughs> maybe. Okay. Anyway, maybe I just wanted I just wanted to mention all those kind of things. Cool Disney news, good Disney news, which we didn't get a lot of this year at all. Um, but a bad piece of Disney news <laughs> uh, happened at the end of November, right before Thanksgiving. Um, where Joe Rohde announced his retirement from Walt Disney Imagineering. Now, I'm going to read to you a little bit from um, what D23 released, the D23 website. Uh, And it reads as this, It's been a wild ride for Walt Disney Imagineering's Joe Rohde, who spent more than 40 years bringing to life some of Disney's Disney Park's most iconic experiences and attractions. Starting as a model designer on Epcot, Rhodey has since overseen projects such as Disney's Animal Kingdom, Alani, a Disney Resort and Spa, Expedition Everest, and Pandora, the World of Avatar. He announced, this was on the 23rd, uh, that he'll be retiring as of January 4th. Um, A little quick rundown of Joe. He is turning 65, or just turned 65. Mm -hmm. Um, He began with... Disney, I believe in 1980. He was born in California, but grew up in Hawaii, I think, or at least spent a lot of time in Hawaii. Um, Went to Occidental College. and uh, He began with Disney in 1980 during the development of Epcot, actually. Uh, He was a Model, like a designer and a paint, you know, paint designer and all that kind of c- color is a big thing in Joe's life and the way it's used in in design uh, for the Mexico Pavilion. He was then part of, oh, geez, the refurbishment of Fantasyland and Disneyland. Uh-huh. Uh, he was part of the Norway Pavilion at Epcot. He was part of Captain EO. <laughs> Makes an appearance in the show. Yes. In, in the, uh, yeah. And then I think his calling card really started to be written when he was part of the Adventurers Club. Sure. Um, that opened in 1989 with the Pleasure Island Entertainment District at Walt Disney World Resort. Now, for you young whippersnappers out there, uh, that's downtown Disney, or excuse me, Disney Springs. <laughs> Changes all the time. Um, and it was a fantastic place. And uh-huh. I just, uh, before I throw this to Mike, because I know Mike is an Adventurers Club fan as as I am too. Um, <laughs> this place that what Pleasure Island was, for those of you who don't remember, so much of Disney Springs is new. When it first opened as Pleasure Island, and it was right next to where you see the world of Disney now, which at the time was called the Disney Village Marketplace or something like that. Correct. And yep. just across, just adjacent on the other side of the pond there was Pleasure Island, and it had a six or seven bars, all with a different theme. There was a jazz bar, there was a disco, there was like a rock and roll bar, there might have been a blues place or something. Uh, there was definitely a comedy club. Mm-hmm. They all had their little thing. And then there was the Adventures Club, <laughs> which Very was 
which was on its own, really. I mean, yeah. uh, you, you just had to experience the Adventurers Club. It was definitely the most Disney of everything at uh, Absolutely. Pleasure Island. So here is this guy who's done um, Michael Jackson, done some Epcot pavilions. He comes up with the Adventurers Club. Mike, explain the Adventurers Club as best you can. You were in the Adventurers Club more than I was. I was there a few times, but it closed, uh, I would say, 2008. Something like that, yeah. Right. I don't have so, to, but, you know, it was, you know, in New York, they have the uh, Society of Explorers, and it's, it's the, it, it was kind of a Disney-fied version of that, where you would <clears throat> walk in, there'd be all these crazy artifacts from all over the world, because you were in a club for adventurers, people who went out and, you know, archaeologists and anthropologists and, uh, you know, wildlife biologists who went out in the field and, you know, tried to discover new animals or new, uh, you know, ruins and things like that. And, you know, basically it was a, uh, you know, basically what Indiana Jones does, <laughs> and you know, right. go, go, comes back to the adventurers club and, you know, gives the, some of the artifacts to the club and, you know, does talks about, you know, what they did in Africa or Asia or South America. And um, Disney kind of took that kind of idea and kind of played on it with uh, some comedic effects um, and made a club, uh, you know, a, a bar for it. Um, there was a side room that always put on a little show, like a comedy show that it was right. based around the adventurers themselves. There was audio animatronics in there that would interact with the guests. Sometimes there was, you know, chairs at the bar that would shrink, you know, go down on you or, or rise up while you were sitting there and uh, startle you, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, that was basically what the adventurers club was. It was huge too. It was really big and it had mm -hmm. a couple of different bars and you never knew when the show would take place. You just had to kind of be there, right. To know when you'd get invited into the back room yeah, I mean, there was, I don't remember if they had a timeline, you know, a, if you would be able to figure it out or not. But yeah, they would every once in a while just call people into the side room. Hey, we're having the, uh, you know, somebody's talking, this, that, or the other thing. And it would be a pretend adventurer talking about, you know, his travels and his adventures. And you would do the Kungaloosh thing? Yeah, the, the drink, yes. <laughs> you did, yeah, but it was also part of like a, a, part, uh, like a toast. Yeah. Right. Kind of, yeah, exactly. And then I re always remember the club motto was some days you eat the bear, some days the bear eats you, but always dress for the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was so rich. It when you when you walk into um, the Animal Kingdom and you one of the things that people uh, listen, compare the Animal Kingdom to the post Walt stuff made throughout right the uh -huh. the epcot um and the hollywood studios they're well themed but the animal kingdom took the idea of theming and just exploded it right which is right. one of the things that we all love about it you could really find the first attempt at that there at the adventurers club the first really almost so much theming, so much backstory, so much detail. Every little artifact had a story. There was a song they sang, a little creed they did. Uh -huh. They did uh -huh. different things on different holidays. They did like a Christmas Eve thing. They did, 
They did radio broadcasts, if I remember. They, there was all sorts of stuff that right. they did. You know, it was just so rich and full of backstory. And um, that was kind of where Joe got his, uh, you know, I, I guess where he proved himself able to move on to create the Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then obviously that closed, as we said, that opened up in 89. Um, and then he moved on from there, really right from there, to begin production and and the process of creating Disney's Animal Kingdom. Since then, since the Animal Kingdom, he's obviously done a bunch of, you know, spearheaded a bunch of rides there, most most notably Expedition Everest, and right. now the new um, Pandora area. He's also done a few other things. Uh, he was... Part of the was he did take place at all in the high, in the Tower of Terror thing at the High Tower Hotel thing or was that just he was just the model for that or I don't believe he had much to do with uh, putting together but he was the model for Mister High Tower who is in charge of the Tower of Terror in Tokyo was it Tokyo or Hong Kong Tokyo right Tokyo. Tokyo, yeah. Tokyo Disney Sea. They have a Tower of Terror. Yes, and uh, he is sort of the host of that. But I, I don't think he had much to do with the actual uh, Imagineering of the ride. He is um, then after also in here. He completely spearheaded the Alani project. Um, he's now part of another project for the Disney Cruise Line, uh, which I guess he's leaving that unbuilt or unfinished. I mean, and moving uh-huh. on to something else. Uh, same with the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, right? The, um, yeah. the California Adventure? The Tower of Terror redo of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, for a little while he was put in charge of all Marvel projects, which doesn't seem like the perfect fit to me for Joe Rody to be a no. Marvel, <laughs> the Marvel guy. He was that for a little while, uh, including the Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy uh, Tower of Terror redo. Um, so, but, you know... Uh, so he was involved with that, yeah. Anyway, he has announced his retirement. Um, like I said, he's 65. Uh, I don't think there's any, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no uh, bad reason why he's leaving. I don't think he was forced out or anything like that. I, I mean, I, you know, you you have a change in the top. Uh-huh. With the change in the CEO, and then you have such a big change as this, people usually tie the two together. But I don't really think they are tied together. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But here's what I do know: you'll never hear that from Joe Rody. No, um, he'll never say anything like that. Uh, no. I, I personally see that there's obviously a huge difference between the way the new CEO thinks of the parks and the way Joe Rody thinks of the parks. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we could certainly see that there. Um, so maybe Joe felt this was the right time to go because, but I'm putting words in his mouth at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know anything else about that. Mike, your thoughts here. Well, I mean, you know, I've said this, uh, I think when we did the hall of fame thing, I mean, nobody other than Walt and Disneyland is, is there, there's nobody who's as directly associated with one park as Joe is with animal kingdom. Um, he was there from the beginning, and now we are what twenty-two years since it twenty-two and a half years since it opened, and he was basically in charge of that park for for, for all those years. Um, 
and he clearly is going to be missed. I am concerned that uh, somebody without his, um, you know, kind of background and the way he does storytelling, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want somebody who is, you know, just like a, a Bob Chapik, you know, crony going to be in charge of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, you know, the the guys like Joe Rohde and uh, you know, Tony Baxter and, you know, some of these other guys who right. really took Imagineering to the next level and were really were the heart of Imagineering. They're all gone. I mean, it's not really anybody like that that I, that I know of anymore who is, um, you know, who can create a – Expedition Everest or a Big Thunder Mountain from from you know out of their minds. Now right. everything has to be all right. What, what do we want to make about Zootopia or what do we want to make about Raya and the you know the new uh, animation? Everything has to be IP related, and it's uh, you know I think Joe fought that even when he did Avatar. Um, he was uh smart enough uh you know and to use his sensibility to sort of meld avatar into the concept of animal kingdom i mean if it wasn't for joe i'm not sure i think we would have just gotten an avatar land from the you know from the directly from the video uh you know there would no wouldn't be any kind of conservation message or uh you know there would be no um, use of uh, real life, um, uh, you know, things such as you know going to Thailand and, and learn so some of the basket weaving that he used as the inspiration for the basket weaving of the Navi and all right. that kind of stuff. He really he he tied it so that the the, the area was not only aesthetically in, integrated with the park, but also um, thematically integrated with the park and. I don't know if there's anybody. I, I think the next person, probably, I, I hope, would be like that, but I, I'm not counting on it. I mean, it should be called Joe Rohde's Animal Kingdom. <laughs> I mean, as right. Mike said, Joe is uh, unlike the the only comparison is Walt to Disneyland. The only time, yeah, the only comparison, the, the only time in the history of theme parks and the history of Disney theme parks has one person, their vision spearheaded the development of almost every part of it at opening was Walt at Disneyland and Joe Rohde at the Animal Kingdom. Uh There is almost nothing that you walk around in the Animal Kingdom that was not looked at and touched by Rohde's hand and his mind. Um, Uh All of it is part of that. And it is a fascinating tell about how these things really work. Mike, what are the two best parks in all of Disney that you've been to? The Animal Kingdom? Me? Animal Kingdom, sure, and Disneyland. And Disneyland, <laughs> right? So it's not, it's not a coincidence that um, by handing it over to a creative genius like Rhodey, that they were able at this one time to recreate the magic that Walt created in Disneyland. Because it was one person's vision, and it was a great vision, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, there's uh, there's some interesting quotes from 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 him. Um, 
in the Inside the Magic article that I read, uh, he wrote, they asked him what his future plans were, and I just want to read you this real quick. Uh, I think it will be more diverse. I have a series of personal projects I'm interested in developing, some I can't talk about yet. I like when people say that because that means it's, <laughs> it's big. Uh, some are personal artistic projects. Some may turn into products. I'm also part of the Explorers Club, which Mike already mentioned. That ties into conservation work, so there's two great words there. Expeditions and travel-related stuff. And that requires investments of time, like four to six weeks. So it's going to be a mixture of things that are some personal adventure, personal creative projects, but it's diversifying. This is the kind of thing there's only so much time in life to pursue these things, and now is the time for me. So, Mike? He sort of told, said that something like that to me because I told him, you know, I, I wished him good luck in his retirement, and he responded by saying, frankly, I expect to be rather busy. There are so many things I've deferred that I'm going to have to pick and choose. So, well, they, you know, he's got uh, plans. Hopefully we'll get, uh, you know, more things like Leopard in the Land and, and things like that. But Well, if know. I read between the lines, I think one of us, probably me, said that we wished that one of the shows we'd like to see on Disney Plus <laughs> would be Joe Rohde traveling the world. Yeah, I believe you, it was you, Dave. Boy, that <laughs> sounds like that's one of the things he's working on, right? <laughs> well, that would be great. Travel-related <laughs> projects, four to six weeks. Can't talk about it yet. I mean, this all sounds right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, there's not really much else to say on all this. Um, no, he's going to be missed, obviously. I just yeah. hope the the park is put in good hands. Well, <laughs> although nothing's going to happen for the foreseeable future anyway, so. Right. I mean, that's the next step, right? And that's that's the next thing that we need to keep an eye on moving forward mm -hmm. is does this get turned over because you know, it seemed like even under the the guides of Iger and all the years that he was there that he left Joe in charge of the animal kingdom. Now, we all feel pretty confident that he threw Pandora at him. Right. But he clearly, from looking at Pandora, like Mike said, he's 100% correct about this. It seems as though Iger said, here's the franchise, you do with it what you feel is right. And that's what he did. Mm -hmm. Because if we left that to Bob Chapik to do, <laughs> right, it would, be, it would just be where experiencing the movie coming to life, you know, the same, the magic of the movie coming to life, which is the same right. nonsense he says about everything, right? right. Rody didn't do that. Rody changed it. He worked with it. He put his own backstory into it. Um, and put he, it 100 years in the future so that, uh, you know, it didn't really touch on the films, so which I think was a brilliant idea. It. Correct. Yep. I mean, this is the kind of thing that we do with the, the best thing that we can do with these these kind of um, you know, projects. Mm -hmm. But moving forward, you know, Mike, what did you say? A a, um, a Chapik lackey? Yeah. God, <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's, it's <laughs> listen, it's a time to celebrate Rhodey's life and Rhodey's achievements with this and what he's brought to us as fans. Um, but I can't help but worry moving forward. I mean, I oh, just, yeah, absolutely. I just can't help to, to think that. I mean, there's what? nothing 
There I don't even know what nothing. to say. Like, what do you think is next, Mike? What do we do? <laughs> well, see, part of the problem is with COVID, I don't think anything is going to be next for a while. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't see any really heavy investments into the park for the foreseeable future. And anything that they do is going to be Epcot related, I think, at this point, because they were already sort of halfway through building stuff. But even as we sit here now, they're talking about uh, scaling back some of the things that they had already announced for Epcot. Um, so I think since Avatar Land opened, there is not going to be much uh, in the way of stuff coming to Animal Kingdom. You know, maybe like a replacement for Rivers of Light at some point once we, right. you know COVID's over. But other than that, I, I don't see any real, you know, major uh, attractions. Um, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about what we want to see in our yeah. next episode. But um, I don't really see anything in the foreseeable future. Um, so. You know, I don't think there's going to be much of a chance for Bob Chapik to ruin Animal Kingdom, but a couple of years down the road, <laughs> there might be a different. We might be a different. Uh, you know, we might have a Zootopia land and and all that kind of stuff. I, I you know, wouldn't surprise me. And and that there again speaks to you know, there's definitely, you know, I, I I've read so many people on social media and stuff trying to come up with bad reasons why he's retiring, um, but the COVID thing's another. I mean. If he's focusing on these kind of things, it's all this is the time to move on because right. you can wrap up everything you need to do because nothing's moving forward. You know, and by the time things really do move forward, he'll be 70 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. by the time the next big investment comes. Um, so there has to be somebody. I just like I just as, as Mike is alluding to here, I, I would hope that there would be a roadie. Um, disciple out there who can take over the animal kingdom and that the people in charge I don't have a lot of faith in the people in charge now but that the people no. in charge know a good thing when they see it and that is to allow this particular park to be run by people who are invested in it you know emotionally invested in it and mentally invested in it and creatively invested in it uh-huh. um, I just don't know that that's going to happen anyway yeah, no me neither Anything else you want to mention on on Joe before we uh, wrap up here? Nope, nothing else. Listen, as Mike alluded to before, we have the end of the year shows coming. They're going to come in quick succession at the start of the year. Uh, We're going to do our timeline for the year 2020 at the Animal Kingdom. That might be a five-minute show, but um, it's still going to be a show, and we do it every year, and we're going to do it again. And then I... Looking back, the one after that, what we've always done is our wish list. And Mike has always turned that into a competition, like whose wish list came true. Or maybe I have. I don't know. Uh, One of us has turned it into a competition. I can't imagine either one of us did very well this year. I will. T- I, I uh, yeah. I'll tell you how we did. Uh, no, none of us got anything right. The okay, only good. one that comes close, <laughs> and I don't think it counts. Is Dave you or one of your wishes? I think your world wish um, was to revamp the Fast Pass system. COVID has essentially annihilated the Fast Pass system, Fast Pass Plus system, I should say. Yeah. Well, um, at this point, I don't think that really counts because that's not what you were looking for. Right. But, but so that's technically be... the Fast Pass Plus system right. has been revamped. Technically, so that's going to be the next couple of shows. You're going to hear them right at the beginning of the new year. Um, don't forget to hit our T Public store. 
you got man we've had a lot of people hit that store for uh for christmas and we yeah, thank you and the people at the grevy zebra trust thank you all the money we made this holiday is going to that um organization we'll to if come you, up with a uh, different organization from from now going forward maybe the yeah. next show we'll, we'll announce something new yeah, I think that's a good idea. Uh, go to grevyzebratrust.org if you want to learn more about them. It's a really a, a small and incredible little conservation organization working in Africa to save the Grevy zebras. They have, they have, by the way, they have a Twitter page and an Instagram page. The Twitter page doesn't look like they touch it, but the Instagram page, you yeah. go on there and, and see some of the things that they do. They do keep a, a tabs of that. Yeah, it's a really, really great little organization. Um, so we thank you all for that. Uh, don't forget to follow Mike on Twitter at Jombo Everyone. I am at Radio Harambe. You can follow um, the show on at uh, by searching at Jombo Everyone on Facebook. Uh, you can also go to Instagram, and we're going to do at Disney's Animal Kingdom at Instagram. Mike, you're on Instagram, too, with a lot of Animal Kingdom stuff, correct? Sure. Safari underscore Mike. Somebody stole Safari Mike before I, you know, years ago. So there have been I'm a Safari lot of pretenders. Underscore Mike. There have been a lot of Safari Mike <laughs> pretenders over the years. Exactly. Bastards. There's been a few driving me on uh, the Safari. One guy called me, told me his name was Safari Mike. I said, I know Safari Mike. You're not Safari <laughs> yeah, Mike. You're, not. you're no Safari Mike. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess that's it. I know John Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was going. <laughs> was that Lloyd Benson? With Lloyd Benson. <laughs> Little 1988 political throwback there. <laughs> So for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. Thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Now, who will